circle back in there. Seems that we got disconnected from our service, but I'll pick up where we left off. So in Romans chapter 13, verse 11, it says this, um, <clears throat> we were talking about how our spiritual service of worship and how we are to put on the armor of light and put off the things of darkness. Uh, the instruction here is as to the church in Rome as to what they should be doing in regards to serving the Lord. And he says, putting off those deeds of darkness. Well, what do we know that they that they did in those times? Well, we know that the Roman culture as a whole was pretty deplorable culture. They thrived on uh, mythological worship. They also... Um, political unrest, war, the things that they dealt with there uh, were, were quite difficult. Um, and, of course, the persecution of the church at the time there in Rome. Uh, we know Priscilla and Aquila f- fled Rome uh, because the Jews were driven out uh, by during uh, Nero's rule. And also, uh, subsequently, they were blamed for the burning of Rome due to Due to Nero's burning it down, he had to, he had to blame somebody, and he wanted the scapegoat to be the Christians. So he he did such an accusation, and thus banned them from Rome, and and sought about persecuting them. So he goes on here talking about the deeds of darkness, which I'll go back into. He says, "Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting or drunkenness, not in chambering or wantonness, not in strife and in envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof." Well, these things are the things that we are supposed to put away from ourselves in service to the Lord. Uh, scripturally speaking, we look out at the examples in the Old Testament and what are the things that they struggled with back there? Idolatry, uh, prostitution. Uh, they struggled with, uh, you know, following after the gods of the surrounding nations. And what did God do each time when they turned away from him? Well, they suffered the consequences. But the idea is not for us to continue to suffer the consequences, but purely what he says here, put off those, th- those works of darkness and put on the armor of light. The admonition that we have here is that we seek to submit to the Lord and walk honestly in all things and, that are made known. We know in the light things are made, are made manifest. You can see things, whereas at night you trip over things and you can't see things as well as you can in the day. But he talks about the day because the thing, those things are revealed in their true nature and there's no shadow or concealing of what's going on. So let's look at First Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians chapter 5. We'll look at verse 8. They're beginning there in verse 8, and we'll read down through verse 28. It says, But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to, to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, that we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even also ye do. 
And we beseech you, brethren, to, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men, see that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit, despise not prophesying, prove all things, hold fast to that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil, and every God of, and may the God of peace sanctify you wholly. I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calls you and also will do it. Brethren, pray for us and greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. I charge you by the Lord that every epistle be read unto all the holy brethren. Grace to our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. So Brother Kapal's encouragement here is for us to be sober and aware of our surroundings. So as to make preparation for, for what? The return of Christ. We know that this is the culmination of our spiritual our spiritual service in the church age is that when the Lord's return comes, this will be the end of all, all things as we know this earth and the order and arrangement that he has for us. So that's why he tells us to be aware of our surroundings. We talked about earlier over in Ephesians chapter 6 before it got cut off that he says what? Even as you see the day approaching, so, how do we do such things to be spiritually prepared? Well, one is that we put off the things of the former life that we lived, whether that be drinking or drugs or, you know, lying or stealing or any of these practices that cause us harm, both bodily and spiritually. Um, the scripture talks about each one of these in different various spots, but we know that this to be true we know the the reward for such acts the lord has no pleasure in those things so his encouragement here is that we be ready we be prepared and just as we dress ourselves each day that's kind of the simile that he uses there about putting on the spiritual armor we stand together with our brothers and sisters in christ we couldn't fight this war alone. That's why the church is the way it is. It's designed the way it is. is because one singular person out in the world can't do this alone. But together, as a unit, as, as the body of Christ, when we come in submission of baptism, it makes it so that we are strengthened by one another in our service to the Lord. The scripture speaks about the body being fitly joined together. He also, Brother Paul mentions the use of uh, military terms. He says, you know, you place yourself in a subjection under the, under the one that enlists you in service. But you don't go about back into the world doing those things that you did before. When you think about watching a, a, a military movie, you see one particular person that draws fire that one person can't defeat a battalion of a hundred men or a group of a hundred men 
that's got them pinned down with under fire. But yet with the help and the uh, of their fellow men and soldiers that they can defend themselves and overcome the enemy. Also the same thing. And we see in political situations or in groups when we are under great stress and strain from others, it is the defense of our fellow man that helps us. Without such things, we can't hope to overcome this life by ourselves. But in Christ, with the help of our brothers and sisters that have also submitted, we have a fighting chance. This is war that we are in, a spiritual war. We have to start thinking of it as such. Being prepared. Because why? Satan will use any means necessary that he can to come between us and the Lord. And the only way that we can continue in this life and receive the outcome and the hope of our salvation is that we submit to Christ and we aid one another and we strengthen one another. That's what this passage of Scripture is talking about here. He says, And we beseech you, brethren, to know this which labor among you and are over you and the Lord admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Peace be among you. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, and be patient towards all men. Why do you think it's necessary to encourage those that he talks about there in verse 14? It's because those people are just as necessary as those that are strong. We can't make it together. We can't make it without one another. We've talked about a building. If you have a piece or a piece of a building that is crucial to supporting a structure, if it's weak, the whole building could fall. So it only seemed that the as the Lord designed it, if one of us is weak, it can cause the others harm. Our life is not our own, and we are servants of the Lord. So we have to continue this fight by what? By uplifting one another, our leaders, our peers, by exhorting through words, by supporting them when they're weak or they're troubled, and by encouraging them through the difficult times that we face. What does the scripture say about Weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. That's There's a reason why it says that, because we need each other. We, we sing the little kid's song about the Lord's army. We have an arsenal that we have at our disposal. And we have the spiritual support that we need in one another. Running from the Lord's service will only hurt those that you've left behind. Let's look at Second Thessalonians chapter two. 
2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 1. It says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, that by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind and be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, as that day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall come not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed in the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he is as God sitteth in the temple of God, showeth himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. And now ye know, uh, know what withholdeth, that he might be revealed in this, his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let, unto he be taken out of the way. And then shall the wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume the spirit, the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him who's coming after the work of Satan with all power and signs and lying and wonders, and with all deceptiveness of unrighteousness and them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth and that that they might be saved. And from this cause, God shall send them a strong delusion and that they shall uh, believe a lie and that they will all be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren beloved of the Lord, because God hath that beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and believeth of the truth. Wherein you have been called by our gospel to obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you have been taught, whether by word or by epistle. Now for our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us, hath given himself an everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. Comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. So here he speaks regarding the Antichrist and the coming day of the Lord. That we be not deceived regarding the delusions and the deceptions that the Antichrist uh, will set before men. This is still spiritual warfare that he's talking about here. He says that ye be not soon shaken in mind or troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter of any of any from us. As that the day of Christ is at hand, let no man deceive you by any means. But then he goes on to say, that day will not happen except that, what? There be a falling away first. How is it that deception happens? You're either not aware of the circumstances of what's going on, or you're lied to. But or if you, to be able to, ferret out a lie what do you have to do you have to know the truth and how do you do that you reconcile the two together if someone tells me the sky is blue i'm not going to say uh, the sky is you know green i'm not going to say yeah it's it's green i'm going to go out and i'm going to look at the sky and say the sky's not green it's blue why because i know what the truth is i know that the sky is typically blue so i'm going to go out and take a look at it now, if I can't see it, like I do with Christ, we can't see him. We can't see God. But how do you reconcile the, 
God is who he is. Creation around us. The written word that attests to our God and attests to his greatness. Also talks about the benefits of those who believe in the Lord and baptize and serve him. And then you also have the judgment of those who don't submit and don't believe. Reconcile those two together. And you know, you, you can see this. Not to mention there are archaeological facts that can back up what's happened. We know that there is a Jerusalem. We know that there are markers and things that attest to the life of the apostles and the Jewish people and the history that they've had. So, in order for us not to be deceived, as the scripture talks about here, we need to be prepared spiritually. Discerning the scripture, that doesn't just mean we pick up the book whenever we go to services. We need to pick it up each day. Dust it off, pick it up, study it. We got something we have questions about, talk to one another. Bible studies. Encouraging one another when something happens in our lives that we remain focused on the Lord. These struggles are things that happen every day and Satan seeks to devour us, what, as a roaring lion. But thank God that we have a better protection in Christ. That was the admonition that Brother Paul had in these various places here was that these Brothers and sisters, be prepared. Well, this is the same thing for us. We see the things that are happening this day and age. I think about it, uh, the church there at Bakersfield, California. Sister Judy dealing with what she's doing with in their church assembly there and her, her battle with cancer. Same thing here with what we deal with, with, with the death of a dear loved one. The same thing that we see and we've seen where churches split or they have disagreements. That's Satan at work. And the only way that we can pull through these things is through to draw upon the power of the Lord. He provides it to us to strengthen and guide us through these difficult times. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Second Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringeth into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Do you look on the things after the outward appearance? If any man trusts to himself that he is Christ, let himself think this again that as he is Christ, even so are we Christ. For though I should boast somewhat more of our authority, which the Lord hath given us for edification and not for our destru your destruction, 
I should not be ashamed that I may not seem as it is if I would terrify you by letters. For his letters say they are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech is contemptible. Let us and one think this, that such as we are in the word by letters when we are absent, such we will also be indeed when we are present. For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with, with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves amongst themselves are not wise. But we will not boast of the things without our measure, but according to the measure of the rule which God hath distributed to us, to a measure to reach even unto you. For we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure as though we reached not unto you. For we are come as far as to you also in preaching the gospel of Christ. Not boasting of things without our measure, that is, of other men's labors, but having hope when our faith is increased and that we may have been enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly, to preach the gospel in regions beyond you, and not to boast in other men's lines of things that are made ready to our hand. But he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. <clears throat> For not he that commendeth himself is approved, but whom the Lord commendeth. The encouragement here is that Paul uh, Paul was stating that we do not walk after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Ready to war with the flesh, that we will throw down our imaginations and those things that are lifted up in arrogance against the knowledge of God. Such things through our submission and faith, obedience to Christ, makes it able that we can contend against these powers of the flesh. Making all efforts to examine ourselves and how we measure up to the example of Christ and the life that he led. These are the things that we compare ourselves to. But he speaks of these men that compare themselves to themselves. They're they're not using the things of, of God. They're, they're using the things of, of man to compare themselves. And they've lifted themselves up. But his encouragement here was not that, that while he was away, that they, he says, well, he come to us. He's, he's a weak man. He's, his speech is contemptible. His bodily presence is weak. But he says, I demonstrate it indeed when I come to you and I speak it and I write it in word when I'm not with you. <coughs> he says, do you look on the outward appearance and trust to himself that he is Christ? Let himself think again that it is that he is Christ, even so as we are as Christ. Compare yourself. We need to, we need to look at the scripture and reconcile. Reconcile means to look at something and compare it to something. So, we compare ourselves to the life that Christ led. Does it match up? Does it reconcile? Reconcile our taxes every year to see if we've done a true accounting of what we've spent and what we've done. This is what the scripture is talking about. This was written for our encouragement and for our strengthening because 
the battle that we are in is not just one singular battle, but it is a war that we are fighting against the powers of darkness. Sometimes it's easy to forget that Satan is the enemy because he's pretty cunning in what he does to show us that that he's got some good things out there. Well, they're only temporary, typically, fulfilling the flesh. But it is our spiritual submission unto Christ that provides the way of salvation for us. And it is this warfare that we have to deal with daily for our life's sake. I'm not talking about this life, but I'm talking about the ability to have everlasting life with Him. So remember the things that we go through, however difficult they are, however tragic they are, that the Lord has a plan and a purpose for these things. And we can draw our strength from Him and encourage one another and uplift one another. We can look to Him to provide all that we need to make war in this life against the powers that we face. Let's look back over again at Ephesians chapter 6 and we'll close. this again for the sake of those that aren't aren't with us so that they can hear it. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 8. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. Ye masters do the same things and forbearing and threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven, neither is there respect of persons with him. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, and put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with the truth, having the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking up the shield of faith, wherewith you are able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, of which is the word of God, praying always in supplication of the Spirit, watching therein too with all perseverance and supplication to all, for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mysteries of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. But ye also have known my affairs and how I do with Titus, my beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, and shall make known to you all things, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose that ye might know my affairs and that he might comfort your hearts. Peace be to you, brethren, in love of faith, for God the Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all of them in our love of our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Amen. So again, understanding the times that we live in are evil and are growing more evil each day. Knowing that as 
these days occur and as they continue to transpire that we put on the armor of God as it says here. It's just a metaphor for being prepared spiritually in our service to God. By our submission to Him, through the reading of the Scripture, through studying, through seeking the guidance of the Lord, through prayer, and encouraging one another through the difficulties that we do face. This war that we face against Satan and the powers of darkness is not something that's going to be easy for us to face each day. We know this because of the things that we've been through. And through these things which we've faced, whether it be our health, our loss, or battles that we face amongst one another over disagreements in the Scripture. Understand that these things are not new, but that placing ourselves in the subjection of the Lord and being spiritually prepared, we might overcome and we might win the war with Christ at his return. So as we go about go through this week, reflect on these things, how can we How can we continue to spiritually put on the armor of God? How can we fight these powers and principalities? But it's only in Christ that we can do such things. Encourage those around us and strengthen each other until we see the day draw near. Well, that's all I have for you this morning. Thank you for your kind attention. Uh, I'll have a recording this afternoon uh, for services posted between 5 and 6. Those of you that are not aware, um, John McCombs's service is tomorrow at at two o'clock. Um, viewing will be from from noon till noon till two, and that's at um, T.J. McCarthy Funeral Homes in Pueblo. So, if anybody has any questions, they can reach out to me or how to get to it. I can help get that information to you. Well, I hope this has been an encouragement for you. And if not, we'll conclude our services for the morning. Thanks for your kind attention and may the Lord be with you all today and stay warm.